I don't we're getting right know. into it. No, hello. How you? We're, I'm, hello. We're getting How's right it going? into it. Who's this if guy? anything, that's a testament to <laughs> the movie. It wasn't. Mm. I mean, it was. Well, mm. it was different. Mm. 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 I here's well, the fun, here's the a Hans, little bit Hans. Here's the fun thing. You could say literally anything about this movie right now, and I'd go. Mm. <laughs> you could be like, well, well, it was better than I thought, and I'd be like, mm. you could be like, it was worse than I thought, and I would be like. Mm. You could be like, it was different. Mm. It was the same. Mm. Like this is. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot to talk about in this one. Is there? I don't want there. To be. I think so. I just, I'm so actually. I, I'm about sorry, it. Aaron. My response to that. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot to talk about this. <laughs> There's not. A, there's not gonna be a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom, Tom. Can I, oh, can I say something what? really, really quickly before we get going? I was in the middle of the hello, but okay. Well... <laughs> The only reason I wouldn't normally, but the only reason I, I feel like I have to say this, I know several of our friends uh, who listen to this podcast have been sort of actually watching along with us, oh, no. jokingly. They are, no, and no, it's no. terrifying. I've explicitly no, no. told every single one of them not to do that, Stop and it. they have all defied me. Stop it. The point <laughs> is, please know that if you do decide to go down that route, which we absolutely don't recommend... Uh, <laughs> In fact, I recommend you not. At, absolutely, but you know I, we can't control you. So if you decide that you absolutely have to make that mistake yourself, a dog does die in this movie. Just mm. know that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, they I, they commit I, the unforgivable sin, yeah. and it is uh, completely inconsequential to the like it. It never needs to happen. A movie no, never needs to do no, that. No, it makes no sense. There's no reason for but it. This it one has add anything. Completely no reason for that to happen. It's just frustrating. So just know that going in, even though you absolutely shouldn't yeah. watch this movie. Yeah. Content warning, dead dog. Hey, um, you shouldn't watch A Dangerous Man because they kill a dog in the movie. You also shouldn't watch A Dangerous Man because it is A Dangerous Man from 2009 starring Steven Seagal. <laughs> and uh, uh, Byron Man. Yes. Delightful surprise. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, thank you. Go ahead. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Stephen C. at All. Today we are reviewing 2009's A Dangerous Man, starring Stephen Seagal and a returning favorite, Byron Mann. I'm Aaron. <laughs> I'm Zach. Was Byron Mann in a previous Stephen Seagal movie that I forgot about? Oh, yeah. Oh, Belly yeah. Of the Beast. Oh, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he was the best part of Belly of the Beast by far. He was the best part of everything. <laughs> Go, Hans. I'm Hans. You knew that nice. already, though. Welcome. Uh, yeah, so like I said, we're talking about A Dangerous Man today. This is the last movie of We're also talking about a movie called A Dangerous Man. Uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal is not... Nice. I don't know if he's a dangerous man. He's not dangerous in the way that he thinks he is. Okay. No. no. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, <laughs> this is the last movie of 2009, I believe. Out of four. Four, four movies in 2009. <laughs> which... The year of our Lord 2009 has been a really mixed bag, I think, for Seagal movies. Uh, the variance in quality has, has been really? extreme, I think. And like each each of the movies of 2009 
has had like for me this is from my perspective each of these last four movies has been like within the movie incredible variances in quality like there'll be elements of the movie that i'm like Mm -hmm. okay this Mm -hmm. is a movie and then parts of it i'm like i have no idea what's happening Uh, (laughs) or something that looks trash and then the very next shot will be like oh that's actually this is for frame just for frame of reference this is against the dark driven to kill the keeper and a dangerous man all from 2009 Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say something that this one doesn't follow fall in line with. At the very least, this one wasn't boring. No, yeah, something this also doesn't. This one is also not a zombie survival film that actually has <laughs> vampires that actually yes. barely features Steven Seagal. So we'll give it that. Yeah, that differentiates uh, so it from at least one other film this year. The first thing that I want to say at the top of this about a dangerous man specifically is that Seagal is like in this a lot <laughs> and uh, he is very clearly like this feels another one where it's like steven seagal is title of movie yeah steven seagal is driven to kill steven seagal is a dangerous man like old we're kind of yeah. we lost that for a bit we brought that back yeah it, for a while the title has had nothing to do with what's happening on screen but here yeah. it is definitely it's trying to sell you the idea that he's a dangerous man and he does dangerous things <laughs> and he's dangerous to other people so uh, in like a very violent way so Let's Aaron, just, tell us in detail like, exactly how the movie tells us that he is a dangerous man yeah that please, is actually difficult this um, one the plot of this one go it's there's so much going on and it actually kind of follows it pretty well so please i'm gonna shut up just just okay take us there so we open in the year of our lord 2003 apparently uh <laughs> And Steven Seagal goes to jail. Uh, <laughs> he is he is sent to prison. A man tries to mug his wife, and so he chases him off. Uh, and the mugger is killed that day. And so Seagal is sent to prison for the murder of this mugger. And he spends six years in prison before he is exonerated of his crimes based on new dna well actually it was old dna evidence that was never submitted in court uh the innocence project got him out uh this doesn't matter at all to the movie we've we've kept this if you if you thought i really want another steven i don't have enough steven skull films where the first 20 minutes are completely inconsequential to the rest and are basically a whole separate movie don't worry we're not out of those woods quite yet no that's the they, first note i have all, all this opening like 20 minutes does is establish that Seagal has some sort of military background that he mentions explicitly in the courtroom when New, he's New exonerated uh, and that he has now an ex-wife because he receives a letter from his wife that she's sick of waiting for him and has like moved on. It's been six years on the day he is released from prison. <laughs> That he is standing out in the middle of the prison yard in the rain reading. <laughs> She's like, I can't wait this long on the day he's released. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is a very funny bit on her part. Like, that is an amazing goof right there that she pulled off. That's like some Simpsons level. Like, that could be a gag from The Simpsons or like Futurama or something. Um, but anyway, he gets out of jail, uh, and just decides to like 
drive around for a bit like he goes into a liquor store and buys a bottle of whiskey and beats up two guys outside the liquor store he goes into a liquor store and buys a very clearly like cheap like knockoff of jack daniels yes it has a very funny label on it (laughs) um and then he drives around and drinks his whiskey until he witnesses so this is where the actual story begins the story could have started here um there these two young men like in their 20s uh maybe early 30s driving around and they they stop at a rest stop and they're like hooligans kind of uh and they stop at a rest stop they're well they like they barely mention that Uh, (laughs) they barely (laughs) it ends up not mattering also that also ends up not mattering there are lots of little details about these people's lives Mm -hmm. that like you can just skip that it doesn't He's a car yep. thief, but that he never boosts a car throughout the entire movie. That <laughs> skill never comes into play, uh, even though it could have many times. Well, they're, um, they're driving a stolen car. That's what that's the that's what they start saying when they when you first get to them. Yeah, but how does that factor into the plot? <laughs> well, even what's funny that factors okay. into the plot even that less is that there are <laughs> that this opening scene is just three separate stolen cars all converging at the same rest stop parking yes. lot. Yeah, Steven Seagal is in a stolen car. The two young men are in a stolen car, and I don't know the human traffickers are probably also in a stolen car. Yeah, so they have these a, human a woman and cash in the boot. So yeah, so these human traffickers pull up. They get stopped by the cops. Uh, and so they get pulled over, and so they stop at this rest stop to talk to the cops. And it turns out that they're like these members of this Chinese gang, uh, and they have a lady knocked out in the back seat <laughs> and a bag full of cash. And so they end up killing the police officers and one of the two carjackers. And Seagal saves the other carjacker uh, and like chases away the Chinese gangsters, and they rescue the woman from the back seat. And they rescue the bag of cash. Uh, and they they drive away. Woman wakes up. Turns out she hired this gang to smuggle her uncle from China into the United States. So the, this whole, I need you to remember as we go through, the whole purpose of all the violence that's about to happen is that this Chinese gang is trying to smuggle her uncle into the United States. But they need to interrogate him or something it is never explained why unless i miss something they never say why they need to stop the uncle and interrogate him as far as i know he's just some old chinese guy and they're just like we're just gonna we're gonna hold him like we need him we need need to hold him and and there's like there's actually like two different chinese gangs (laughs) that are like fighting each other over this guy (laughs) and it's never explained why um it doesn't matter either it doesn't matter seagal and her name is tia the girl who woke up in the back seat uh so they're in one party sergey the carjacker goes back to his dad who is apparently a russian mobster because now we have to have russian mobsters in all these movies uh and the chinese gang they send some people to go like steal the lady back steal tia back and so they like shoot up uh the motel where seagal is staying well they had a there was a tracker inside the oh money yeah there bag. was a tracker inside the bag full of money uh and so they they shoot up the motel and so seagal's like oh well um i guess this isn't over <laughs> and i guess i have to <laughs> fight these guys now 
And so I'm going to go ask Sergey and his Russian mob dad for help. <laughs> and there's this whole thing with like this bar that they're the Russian mob family like owns or hangs out at called Little Russia. Little Russia. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really matter. There's also like these corrupt cops who are like working with one of the Chinese gangs, but not the other one. And it's difficult to tell which is which. They don't like wear uniforms or anything. And I'm pretty sure they reuse stuntmen for both sides of this gang war. But anyway, hijinks ensue for like an hour. None of it matters. Uh, there's finally a shootout at the Russian mob's house, like his big mansion. And you think the movie's over, but then you remember, oh, like this whole thing was about this uncle that no one's told me why he matters, but we have to go rescue him now. (laughs) Uh, Because he's actually been in the United States this entire time. He (laughs) was brought over like in the opening credits and just... Was really never mentioned again. Uh, And so I don't know why they've been waiting to interrogate him up to this point or why it's taken like several days, like several days go by in this whole story. Uh, And then there's a shootout at the hideout of the one Chinese gang, which has like backstabbed the other Chinese gang. uh, And it's unclear why. And then Seagal blows up Byron Man. And then apparently he and Tia get married, even though they had zero chemistry. And in fact, Tia spends most of the movie hanging out with Sergei, the Russian mob carjacker guy. And they are about the same age. And <laughs> and would make much more sense in every single and it way, would make other than much more he's sense not played by Seagal. Way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the credits roll. And that's that's a dangerous man. Most of it didn't matter. I don't actually know. So I guess we kind of made an assumption at the beginning. Is Seagal actually the dangerous man? There's a lot of dangerous men in this movie. There's a lot, By- of, da- Byron there are a lot man, of dangerous men. Byron Man movie. playing the Colonel. He could be a dangerous. He'd be the dangerous. He was man. a very dangerous. He, he was actually dangerous. was a very dangerous man in this. I, the uh, police captain. He was a very dangerous. Oh, he had that was, actually that was a dangerous man. Some of the best moments in this whole movie yeah. he didn't matter as a character <laughs> but i think he had the best character moments in the movie the random uh the russian crime boss that like happens to meet seagal because his son bumps into him and then he becomes like ride or die best friends like enough to go yeah. save like seagal's <laughs> female friends like uncle like he he's a dangerous <laughs> <Yeah>. man <laughs> like I, I don't think we actually know why the Russian dad and son like help Seagal in this gunfight at the end. Well, because Seagal saves his son's life at the shootout in the beginning of the movie, and then he saves the dad's life at the shootout at Mm. their house Uh, in the middle of the movie. But But it is unclear throughout the movie, like why anyone is helping anyone else. They just no, it's fun. They kind of just like team up. They're just like buddies. They're like, (laughs) oh, we're friends now. So oh, oh, it kind of made sense. Well, but I just like to picture that they're like, oh, you need help, like, you know, doing like a gunfight to save her, like, you know, grandpa, uncle, whatever. Like, okay, that's cool. And then I need help, like, moving my fridge tomorrow. You want to come over and help me? Like, they're just kind of like, you know, doing favors for each other. (laughs) So Uh, let's, can I just paint a quick picture here? Yeah, sure. So this, this takes place. I don't, I don't, I don't think they actually describe or say where exactly it takes place, but it's somewhere in the U.S., somewhere in the I don't think they ever say Tia's name. I only know that because of the credits. Right. So it's somewhere in the Rockies. So picture like um, 
I don't know if you've ever seen Last of the Dogmen. It's like a, a really scenic backdrop of snowy mountains, pine yeah. forests, small town America up in the mountains, like really small town. The it's it's not really the setting where you would have two different Chinese mob factions, a uh, Russian mob faction, and corrupt cops, corrupt town cops owned by the China, one of the Chinese mob factions, and then also <laughs> the state troopers who don't have anything to do with any of it, but they accidentally get killed by the Chinese mob. It makes for a very confusing multicultural soup. <laughs> all in like this like really teeny tiny small town, <laughs> and Seagal yeah. just gets roped up in all of them. It really doesn't make sense, but they show the scenic backdrop so often. Like it's, it's well, real, and It, it it's appears, really according funny. to online, this takes place in Arizona. Arizona? Arizona? What? Really? <laughs> I'm not saying it takes place in Arizona. I'm saying according to the Wikipedia page, yeah. um, he is smuggled through the uh, Seattle, and then most of this movie takes place in Arizona. I guess. I, I guess. Just Arizona judging from the B-roll, I don't believe that. If that's I, what they were going for, you they don't have it. to believe it. <laughs> Because they, they gave like a Northern very clear Colorado. picture of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I like Colorado at the yeah. southernmost, maybe like Idaho, Oregon. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's definitely <laughs> Arizona. I don't I don't know. That doesn't sound right. No. no. <laughs> I you know what? I don't know. I haven't been there enough. I haven't mm -hmm. I I don't know what it looks like. It could be totally off. The point yeah. is, you have the Chinese mob, the other Chinese mob, the Russian mob, the corrupt cops owned by the Chinese mob, and the state troopers all in, like, small-town America somewhere up in the mountains. It's very, yeah. very funny. All fighting over a guy. <laughs> most, of, most of the people here don't even know that they're fighting over some guy. No. No. It's just complete coincidence. Everyone just kind of bumps into yeah. each other, and they're like, okay, let's just, yeah. let's just do this. Why not? Yeah. And that's and the it's, movie. It's just there's like, you know, there's a fight here and there's a fight there and then there's another fight here. The mm -hmm. one Chinese mob faction takes over the other Chinese mob faction and then they and the corrupt and the corrupt cops go and try and take down the Russian mob and the Russian mob kills them off with the help of Seagal and Seagal and the Russian mob are best buds and then they go kill the rest of the Chinese mob and that's the movie. Except, it's okay, so <laughs> you could have made the exact same movie but made a whole lot more sense if you get rid of one of the Chinese mobs and get rid of the corrupt cops. Even though the corrupt cops had like some of my favorite moments in the movie, it didn't matter. Like I and feel like the writer wanted to put these cops in here because he had like some good ideas about what corrupt cops would be doing in the situation. Because yeah. they had some of my favorite like character moments, but those moments did not matter to the actual no. story. Although, and they all died before in in like the penultimate fight. By yeah. the time you come down to the fight that really matters, the thing that everything hinges on, it's Russian mob and Seagal versus the remaining Chinese faction, Chinese yeah. mob faction. Two of the four factions it. have been killed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <what? laughs> I don't know. It, it was it was wild. Although you say you could make this movie without those pieces, it could also be said that you could make this movie without the opening 20-minute like exoneration, <laughs> like yeah. fake death carjacking. So... When we add up all of the pieces of this movie that this movie could exist without, we've 
got at least like 45 minutes of the runtime of the 94 <laughs> minute runtime here uh-huh so oh. you know they say uh-huh. concise writing is good writing that brevity is the soul of wit but like yeah. they could not they couldn't they, they couldn't <laughs> afford the edits we're suggesting well they, like okay, they hit so... the page count and you're telling them that they gotta cut out like half of it <laughs> i uh i haven't played script doctor in a while but i'm, I'm gonna script doctor this up a little bit uh <laughs> So what you do is, uh, what you really should do to make this movie make a whole lot more sense. One, get rid of, get rid of one of the Chinese gang factions. You can keep the corrupt cops because there are only a few of them, uh, like a few of these corrupt cops, and they have like the best single moments of cinema in this movie. I think. Do not use the word cinema. Uh, get okay. that out. I mean, it, but I'm with them. It make they make the most sense as an enemy faction in a small town. No, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm <laughs> disagreeing with his usage the of the word cinema within the same conversation. Well, but some movie. some of the shots where like the the leader of the cops gets out of the captain or whatever gets out of his car is. and he's looking at the crime scene and the camera oh. sort of pans up to his face with yeah. the mountains in the background. Like it, it makes sense. Yeah. That it, and it looks so like has... a different movie from the other shots yes. of the Chinese and the like Russian mob. <laughs> the second unit or whatever who was working just with these cop scenes yeah. was doing far and away a better job yeah. just making a movie yeah. than anything else. Like there's I'm this totally awesome, on board with that. There's like this one beautiful scene that I wish this quality endured throughout beautiful. the rest of the movie. Like the, <laughs> the way the, the captain beautiful. is introduced. He steps out of his car and he's he's like looking at the crime scene where like the first shootout of the movie happened, mm-hmm. where like trooper. that one Russian guy and that and the trooper died. Yeah, and so he goes over to the body of the trooper, uh, pulls out a gun, and like shoots the Chinese gangster. Like there's a Chinese gangster, a Russian mobster, and the the cop who are like dead on the ground, and so he shoots the body of the. Chinese gangster and then puts the gun in the hand of the dead cop and says there you go now you're a hero and he tells the other cops to like fix the scene Mm -hmm. to make it look like uh, this police officer died in like a heroic sacrifice and that it wasn't just like a bloodbath yeah Uh, so that when the state cops got there that's how they would see it yeah before they get in we only got a couple hours or something yeah I thought that was like oh okay he's like a villain in this and he's doing intelligent things and you know, trying to cover things up, and that just doesn't endure for the rest of the movie. No, doesn't even relate to the rest of the movie. It's not even that it doesn't endure. <laughs> no. Like, no, that never comes up again. But like that could not have been a thing to, where but... he yeah. helps out the the Chinese gang by going into crime scenes mm-hmm. and rearranging stuff and falsifying documents. Like that could have been his job throughout the movie, and it would have made his character work. And the one time that they do it, it does work really well, except that it doesn't matter to the rest of the story. The second thing I would do is cut out Tia entirely. (laughs) She could be replaced by a manila envelope filled with fake documents, like fake immigration (laughs) documents. And her entire function within the movie would have been fulfilled. Like if it was just like a fake passport and like some immigration papers and Seagal looks at it and is like, oh, you know, I've been working in the military for a long time. These are fake, but they're like really good. This was done by professionals and they're trying to get this guy into the United States. We need to figure out what's going on. Uh, okay, and then everything that Tia gave to the entire plot has been fulfilled. Okay, see, I wouldn't... All she does is walk around and get shot. That's it. I was going to say, then who gets shot at the end? See, I wouldn't fully agree with that. I would agree Mm -hmm. with you that plot-wise that would be true. Yeah. But I do think a movie like this, in order to be better, can use 
like that kind of emotional connection, like an emotional mm. heart. So my script doctor mm-hmm. would be that Tia can stay. So, so, hey, Tia, see, I know Aaron was asking you to leave the room. You can come back in. You can stay, but we changed the romance. <laughs> so it's with her and the Russian mobster. Because what oh, happens yeah. in this movie is that Seagal just kind of ends up being friends with like a late 20s Russian dude and then husband to like a mid to late 20s um, Chinese woman. I assume at least, you know, like, I yeah. don't know exactly. She has a her uncle's from China, so I assume she's uh-huh. Chinese-American to some extent. But rather than just having a weirdly young friend and a weirdly young <laughs> wife, it could just be Seagal is here and he is like this grizzled figure who ends up helping out these two people who then actually relate to each other and like become a couple and like yeah, both have been like <laughs> over by the Chinese mob. Like I, I think that gives you more of a consistent through line. Like if Seagal is just not the protagonist, that gives you a consistent through line of these are your two, your protagonist and your deuteragonist. And they have like a reason to come together and they, you have like something to root for. Mm-hmm. So plot wise, the information she information she conveys, I feel like you could have without her. But I do feel like a stronger version of not this movie of rather than a dangerous man, like a few dangerous men, like you know, the script <laughs> doctor version of this. I think Tia stays just the romance that we touched on earlier. That would make a lot more sense mm-hmm. as the romance that happens. And give her, like, something to do. Yeah. All she does is walk around and follow Seagal She could take Sarah. out, like, one of the... There's like, even know, a scene goons, where like... she's, like, about to shoot a guy who's, like, trying to stab Sergei. But then she as doesn't. she pulls the trigger, she gets tackled and <laughs> misses. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, she almost had agency. see how that would, like, bring them closer. Like, yeah. it just doesn't... Oh, you saved my life. Oh, I see you in a new light now. It just doesn't nope. make sense. And she's like, you know, anything for you and anything for my uncle or whatever. Yeah. Nope. Doesn't matter. Also, but other than that, uh, I appreciate your script doctor suggestions. Third point, script doctor. Okay. Tell me why in the world anyone needs to interrogate this old man. <laughs> so they they said at one point, this is the I couldn't figure that out either. But they said okay. at one point that they needed the girl. Like they kept trying to kidnap the girl. They like mm-hmm. tried to get her back because they needed to hold her ransom. So that they got the uncle, but yeah. they were oh, already the getting the uncle. Like he was being delivered. So I don't know why they needed her to hold her ransom and to hold her ransom to who? Like to, and to what the uncle? Do you need all the money. The all the money uncle. was already there. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you paid. need from the uncle in the first place? Like I, I, it doesn't. None of that storyline made any sense at all. They didn't explain no. it. You're you didn't miss anything. Okay. Good. I. It's just a complete mess. Yeah. I did enjoy, though, that Byron Man's character, the Colonel, he's like a leading man in the one faction of the Chinese mob who's using the local faction of the Chinese mob. Uh, but they call him the Colonel. Mm-hmm. But he's in the ch- Chinese mob. Yeah, and I that's don't know. Just... <laughs> no, I, you <laughs> know what? You was funny. Whenever they call him the Colonel, I'm cool with that. I'm like, that's, a, yeah. that's at least a memorable. <laughs> I can remember that he is the Colonel. For most of these I, characters, okay, I'm just guess, like, oh, yeah, just, this actor and then this actress. Like, I can't, can't even remember the character names. I can remember. I had I to look up who Tio was. Exactly. I know. I'm not saying it's not memorable. I just, like, the colonel in a Chinese, yeah. like, they yeah. wouldn't. It, okay. All right. They wouldn't call him something in Chinese? Nah. It's the colonel. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the only other thing that I could think to say about this is that in the very beginning, that doesn't matter when Seagal's with his wife, there's a meaningless sex scene between the two of them because oh, of course there was, I thought it was, no, it's, it's even funnier than that. What? So every <laughs> okay. time he thinks about his ex-wife, yes, the only flashback he has is to this one particular time they had sex. 
Right. Where like three or four times in the movie he remembers. It's normally in a movie like this when the hero is like remembering their dead wife. He's just remembering his ex-wife. And it's only when she's like topless and giving him a lap dance in right, every single but, flashback to her. But this one particular is, time. That is his only memory that we ever see of them both. Right. But the whole point is she's completely naked and he's yeah. fully clothed with right. a leather jacket on as usual. Nothing yeah. jacket ever on, changes. Boots on. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, oh. Which, okay, oh. can we can we talk about themes? Can we talk, talk about thematic yes. through oh. lines of this era of Let's skulls? Let's be film critics, yeah. So, oh well, barely, kind of. Hang with me for a second. So, <laughs> no, Hey, I'm trying to get on Rotten Tomatoes. True. We're film critics. <laughs> so... I'm, we've we've commented that. on this before. We've definitely noticed this, but it's yeah. really just becoming firmer and firmer here that like mm-hmm. theatrical Seagal, we noticed the the tell don't show conflict of themes that the movie tells you yeah. a theme and then it shows you a different one. And it actually extends beyond theatrical because I was still going on and like half past dead whenever it's yeah. like, ooh, privatized prison bad. And then, but actually, uh, I don't know. That's not really the main conflict. Like we don't it's care about It's actually a pretty nice place to live and nobody really cares. Yeah, it's actually chill. We're just completely, we have this completely unrelated issue that we have to deal with. Or yeah. like, oh boy, 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 do I hate people who are above the law and face no consequences, but boy, do I love being above the law and face no consequences <laughs> while I put a stop to them. So yes. I know, Aaron, this is your special. You've pointed out many times the conflict of themes. Yeah. With this era of Seagal that we're in, we don't really have the conflict of themes anymore. We have the main, like, kind of internal conflict of the movies is just that the beginnings of them don't relate to, like, the first, like, third of the movie doesn't relate to the last two-thirds of the movie. Like, that's kind of what's replaced the conflict of themes because as far as I can tell, at this point in his career, you used to have a through line of, like working within three-letter agencies but having a distrust of three-letter agencies, maybe some environmentalism thrown in there. That yeah. was kind of Seagal's pet causes. As far as I can tell at this point, his pet cause is just being divorced, but it being absolutely not his faults. And like having like a scene that he can remember back to where yes. he was in the same room as a naked woman. Yes. Like as far as I, like, <laughs> that has happened in every movie for the past like five movies. Oh yeah. But if you look back at like the past, like seven eight movies or so i don't know i'm not exactly counting but like you know this era that we're in right now we're definitely in like a period where like the only consistent thing when you when you used to say like oh yeah every single time he's going to be like a cia guy but he doesn't trust the cia um and maybe he cares about the environment maybe not that's kind of a secondary one the only thing that's popped up like as often the only thing that's appearing in almost every movie is that his character is divorced (laughs) and it is it, and it is completely not his character's fault. There's absolutely no way it is his fault. Like his <laughs> jerk ex-wife couldn't wait for him in prison until the day he was released. Um, and or like she still wants him. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the thing is that they're divorced. They never really said why why they're divorced. But then like he shows up and she's like, oh, hey, by the way, I still, I, you're still cool. And I still find you that sexy. has happened in multiple movies. Yeah. Right. And it's sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's not his fault. And she still wants him or just sometimes she still wants him. It's not stated the reason like, yeah, but this is his, as far as I can tell his pet cause, the theme he wants to pop up in all of his movies. And other than that, his movies are completely themeless and like, yeah, every conceivable usage of the word. The only, the only theme he can get behind my divorces are not my fault. And my, and and my ex wife still secretly want me. Like, how many movies has that been at this point? It's starting to drive me crazy. I'm like, this can't be the... You can't just be the divorced guy in every single movie. (laughs) Well, do you remember... I mean, 
before this became the theme, we were kind of hoping for that. Because I remember a long time ago, uh, I don't know how, like maybe 15 movies ago, we thought, we had a discussion on this podcast about, you know, the character Seagal needs to play Hmm. is like a divorced kind of down on his luck, like make him an underdog kind of thing. Uh, no, no. The character he needed to play was the like rampaging, like no, no holds barred. Well, as an action no... star, yeah. okay, no, no, okay. Both of you, both yeah. of you are correct. Uh-huh. We, we what Aaron saying, I think, came up in Pistol Whipped when mm. we're like, he should just be like a deadbeat, like piece of like, okay, yeah, who maybe too. is trying to like do one last good act in his life. Yeah, as character should play. The problem is he's still not playing that character. He plays that no, character for like the first twenty minutes of the movie, You're and right. then he's just like, "I'm still cool. I was a big thing in the '80s. I can kill guys <laughs> and do Aikido, kind of." Yeah, kind like of. He, does he doesn't do... do that. He's still not that character. He's like, he does do a lot of his own flailing in this one. He does. He the does. world is funneling him to be that character, and he steadfastly <laughs> refuses to move. <laughs> He didn't run in this movie. No, he did not run. But he did what do a lot of his one? own arm swirls. But he, he did do, do an explosion swirls. and really coolly like walk away from it while not looking back. Yeah. Oh, so that's the the only other thing I, I I lied. I had one more thing written down and that was it. When they when the Chinese mob was talking about how they were wiring up the whole place to be bombed, like they had explosives yeah. everywhere. That I didn't quite get why. Like they were gonna <laughs> interrogate the old man, the uncle. And then blow the place up. I don't. I don't really know. There wasn't any reason to. Didn't make any sense. And then after Seagal kills Byron Mann, you know, quote unquote, kills him. He he finishes everybody else off with a bullet, but he he leaves Byron Mann able to get back up for some reason. Walks away. Byron Mann's about to shoot him, and all of his people, the Russian, uh, Russian mob, who's just like walking away with their backs turned, like job done. Yeah. And Pyron Man's about to shoot him, and Seagal holds the the transmitter up and activates it, and the whole place explodes. And I had I pointed at the screen. And I was like, "Oh my god, setup and payoff." Yeah, that's that never happens. The no. setup the setup has no reason for happening. No. But there's payoff, <laughs> but it like no, it some doesn't. basic storytelling <laughs> elements exist in this movie. There there are actually a couple <laughs> setups and payoff, uh, and. Every time it happens, either this setup doesn't make any sense, like the only reason we're setting this up is for a payoff later, like right. it doesn't make sense of <laughs> the narrative, or the payoff isn't very good. So like that's a time when the setup didn't really make any sense, but at least there was a payoff. There was another time that like I have in my notes here, the writing is almost really good sometimes. They're trying very hard. Uh, almost really good sometimes. It comes so close to being good, it's frustrating. <laughs> so you have like the two Chinese gang leaders who are like hanging out in their hideout uh, at the docks and they like brought some women over uh, and one of the gang leaders is like razzing the other one because he doesn't want to party uh, the colonel he doesn't want to party like he's just sitting there reading his newspaper like he doesn't want to do any of this stuff smoking uh, a million cigarettes and smoking a million cigarettes not as many as Dunoir but a lot of cigarettes <laughs> And Dunoir, my heart. <laughs> uh, and so the the other gang leader uh, like makes him mad by, you know, like he throws like this girl at him and tries to like get him riled up. He says, what did I strike a nerve? And then so later when the colonel like stabs him in the back, he shoots the girl 
that was that he was like forced onto him uh and he says what did i strike a nerve that was something that happened like half an hour ago that was that was i mean you had like some setup you had callbacks to previous things happening uh wow it wasn't very good but what an achievement (laughs) at least a moment in the movie remembered a previous moment in the movie which we haven't had happen in many, many movies. Mm, you want to know the funny ever? part about that, though? That was that was actually a better one than the explosions, and it had nothing to do with Seagal. That was no, all no, Iron no, no, Man no, no. and actually, the, the other it's guy. Interesting. If you, I think if you watch carefully, you'll see every time Seagal comes on screen, like, even the cinematography gets worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think... <laughs> Everyone like the, on set just gets more angry. The weird thing, like the B-roll in this movie is really good. Like if it's just like a shot of the mountains, it'll be very artistically composed uh, or just like a, a car driving down the street and pulling into a parking lot. Like just very competent when the police captain gets out of his car. Like you said, Hans, like it just this scene, this shot makes sense. It establishes yeah, it was, who this character is, tells me a little bit about purposeful. him very purposeful but then every scene with seagal it's like they had you know jimmy the camera operator understudy come over and he got the chance to operate the camera that day because they didn't care about any scene with seagal in it like there was it seems like there was no effort put into any of these scenes it's like we've had a lot of these movies where like against the dark where seagal's barely present like he isn't the main character and doesn't need to be the main character this is one where he actually is very present in the script very present on set in like almost every scene but like the movie just almost doesn't want him to be the main character like this is the story about the russian the the guy and the gal and how they fall Mm -hmm. in love saving her uncle but then seagal just is there making himself the main character he's not supposed to be the main character the movie even the the cinema verte of the film does not want him to be the main character the camera's just like oh he's here you could Take him out, replace all of his lines with Sergey, and the movie would work fine. Oh, what you're telling me? Sergey stopped a carjacking all those years ago and got falsely put in prison, and then out six years later, and his wife divorced him on the day he got out. Actually, Sergey, the carjacker, that yeah, that would have made sense. Actually, yeah. He is a carjacker, so like that's a situation he would have been in, and it would have factored into the rest of the movie. Yeah, it is very funny that Seagal is originally put in prison for stopping a carjacking. And then you have this movie start off with like three different like stolen cars. And then this guy who's a carjacker and his dad who sells stolen cars. But stealing cars actually has nothing to do with the film. No. There's a lot of cars being stolen and car stealing happening. And people talking about stealing cars for that to not factor. They don't even like ever have to like steal a car to like escape or anything. No. That does not factor in at all. That could could have easily happened actually. At one point some of the Chinese gangsters do steal a boat. Well yeah. And that's when the dog dies. It's just bad. Yes. Yeah, it's all. It is kind of funny though that Seagal in every single movie that we have watched so far. What number is this one? Is it 30, 31? 32. In so far, thirty-two movies, Seagal has been like mildly hassled by someone, and then he kills them. Like this yeah. is just what he does. If someone hassles him, regardless of how much, he beats the ever-loving crap out of that person. And if, if they person die, just exists. Yeah, if a person just exists, they're in his way while he's, like, just ripping apart a bar for no reason. If they die, they die. Whatever. You don't really care. You're not supposed to care. It's an action movie. But he mm-hmm. just, like, kills people for no reason. Oh. So, the fact that he went to yeah. prison for... <laughs> 
supposedly killing the guy who tried to mug his wife and potentially steal their car, but he didn't do it, is probably the most unbelievable part of the entire story. <laughs> there are multiple times where he will just walk into a room and shoot the first person he sees. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no, no, no way no, no. he knows he who's didn't, in this room. He didn't murder that guy. And you know how in Pasigal <laughs> movies there's been like a completely extraneous bar fight scene where like, this goes all the way back to the beginning. He just goes and just beats people up and, like, then just ends up at his next, like, yeah. stop. But, like, right. being the beating people up, like, there's no reason it actually should have helped him. Is this... I think this is the first time where that happens. He, he, he walks in. You're like, oh, he walks into Little Russia. Like, this is the bar scene where he's just is a dick and beats people up for no reason. This is, He's beating up a guy that works for, like, his soon-to-be best friend. Like, <laughs> the guy is just no like, now, hold on, why am way. I going to give you my boss's information? And Seagal starts beating the guys up, guy up, and, like, they're allies, they're friends, they're buddies, they team up. They're, it's worse yeah, than that. They're squad. It's, it's worse than that, because he he is told by the son, like, if you need help, but before they split up, he's told by the son, if you need help, go to Little Russia, my father owns it, he'll help you, I'll be there, whatever. So he goes to Little Russia, they're not there, he talks to the bartender, the bartender says, they're not here, don't know who you're talking about you know get out of here this this isn't the place for you so seagal and tia leave they just leave and the bartender then decides actually i'm gonna follow you out the door and say what is it that you want with them anyway like there was no reason for that the bartender doesn't know them he doesn't know to trust them he just knows that there are people asking about his boss so he tells them to leave and then completely abandons it and then says, yeah, I'll actually, tell you where they are if you beat the shit out of me. It's so went, stupid. Went, oh, we forgot it's to so go into bar fight scene. Which, can <laughs> uh, I just say, when he... When, <laughs> when, the, when Soke gives him, like, the card and initially says, like, yo, you can go meet, like, you know, my dad and, like, you know, Little Russia and he'll help you out. I was under the impression, like, normally when you hear that, like, little country, it's, like, a section of a town which is heavily populated by that <laughs> yeah. specific, like, not just a like little Italy bar. would have a lot of, like, Italian restaurants and such. This is literally just a bar named Little Russia, <laughs> which made me laugh when I saw it. I'm like, no, you, you mean, like, the section town right now, just this one bar. Nope. <laughs> I thought, like, oh, there'll be a couple Russian businesses. He'll be in, like, a, like a heavily Russian. Nope, that is not what happens. Nope. It is one bar. There are, like, two Russians in this entire town. <laughs> like i'm assuming like everyone else that works for them is just from like glendale or something like they're the only russians actually so they call it little russia yeah i so i don't know tell me what your experience was like for me i sent some i was texting you guys like while i was watching it five minutes in i hated this thing i thought this was awful like 15 minutes in i thought like actually maybe this is so dumb maybe it's so bad that like i i love it like I think that was, like, when we had that first scene of, like, you know, the shootout, and then the police come, and they're, like, rearrange the bodies. Like, you know, we only got a couple hours. I'm like, oh, this is dumb. This is amazing. And then for the next hour and 15 minutes, I was just completely checked out. Like, I just lost so much interest. I did not care. This movie went, like, this movie lost me, had me, and then kind of lost me, but just to ambivalence. And I think that's the first time I've ever had a movie do that. So what was your experience watching this? Um, I watched it on Plex. It's free on Plex. You can just go watch it. It has ads, though, which that almost killed me. Because every time an ad came on, video too. If you don't want ads, oh, every time an ad came on, I would just like look away or like start looking at my phone or something, and then the ad would end, and I look back up like, oh no, the movie's going. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it was. I mean, I could, by you know, effort of will, I could focus during the movie, but if if anything came in and interrupted this, 
it took a considerable amount of effort to uh, to get back to it. Actually, I had to watch this in three installments. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I had a crazy day. So, a dangerous man. Chunk, the miniseries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I... Probably would were probably would have worked better as a miniseries, but <laughs> don't say that. Don't don't make that. Don't manifest that. <laughs> I had a reasonably decent time with this one. It's easy to follow. It makes it 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 has a through line from beginning yeah, yeah. to end. There are a lot of players that aren't necessary, a lot of factions that don't need to be there, but it has a story that it sticks to and it's not convoluted, which is a pretty low bar. Yeah. But it clears it and we've seen a lot of things recently that don't clear that low bar. Either way, I was into it, and then I was out of it, and then I was into it, and then I was out of it, and then I decided, oh, actually, this is okay. Oh, actually, I hate it. Uh, you know what? Might might be all right, but actually, this kind of sucks. And I was up and down probably a hundred different times in this movie. Yeah. And I'm gonna say that averages out to about two stars. Yeah. And that's a low two stars, but compared, like, <laughs> that's a Seagal two star for on our mm. rating scale. That's still much worse than like any other movie two stars. If if you if you can sort of see what I'm saying, it yeah, wasn't think, as think... bad as some of the other crap that we've seen, but yeah. I didn't. It was still bad. I'm I'm giving it like a high two stars, uh, just because like, and I I think I've been much more positive on lots of these movies than y'all, uh, but because it just has like a plot that you can follow even though there are like needless complications thrown in there but the complications end up not actually complicating the plot uh <laughs> just whatever is happening on screen is more complicated than it needs to be uh but you can follow the plot along because you can just like say i didn't really get that but then the scene just keeps going you're like oh i didn't really need to um, yeah. so that's fine uh, flow state so it's yeah. a two star with flow state. Yeah, yeah. Um, why why'd they rig up all the explosives? I don't know. Because they just did that. Why do they need this? But it got its payoff. Guy, why do they need the uncle? Nah. I don't know. <laughs> the whole driving force behind yeah. the movie. Gives them something to fight about, you know? Yeah. I, that's all that really needs to happen. They need to have something to fight about. Like, you could replace the uncle and the niece with, like, MacGuffins. They're two parts of a puzzle. And the, you have these two Chinese gangs fighting over the uncle who is, you know, it's the rabbit's foot from Mission Impossible. But they have like a key that unlocks it. And that's called Tia. And they need both. Oh, well, I was going to say, you said it's the rabbit's foot from Mission Impossible. They have a key that unlocks it. Um, that's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Aaron. I'm very sad. Unfortunately, it turns out a lot of people didn't. Oh, but this is not the... No. The Mission Impossible fan cast. Sadly. We don't need to talk about the disappointing <laughs> box office numbers of Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, This movie's like a one and a half for me. I don't know. It's okay. just one and a half is kind of my... Yeah. That's... This is just a serviceable Seagal film. Like, yeah. I think the major- <laughs> at least like half of them are just one and a half because I'm like, this exists. And that's all I can say about it. So this mm-hmm. is a very firm one and a half for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> did I, either of you pick out a quote? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, early on in the movie, the first time that Sergei and Seagal get into the car together, uh, Sergei's like, where, where are we going to go? And Seagal says, what do you mean we, white boy? And... <laughs> so that's back. <laughs> thought that it's was very so funny. It's so consistent. Like, he t- <laughs> like, do you not know? Are you not aware? <laughs> Throughout the, most of this movie, I think he is aware that he is white. Uh, but every now and again, he'll just throw he's, in a little singer. He's not singer. doing as 
bad like they're only like a couple he's doing a voice he's not doing the worst iteration of his voice that we've heard no there are only like a couple lines that he speaks in a very offensive african-american accent Uh, normally he's just kind of being like low husky growl seagal yeah which is the best and he has a lot more lines in this than in many of his previous movies uh like he'll i i i was watching along and he like had to explain something to someone and i'm like wow that was like five whole sentences in a row that was amazing (laughs) and he didn't whisper them no he just said them out loud it was kind of amazing i thinking of which the past few movies he's been like trying aaron you've said that before i think he is and i'm kind of rooting for him no (laughs) oh no no i take that back well, I, I want to see him You're rooting for the cinema that is a dangerous man. I want to uh, see him try. Uh, He's doing some of his own stunts, kind of. Uh, he, he has like uh, longer bits of dialogue. Uh, He's more. He's been more active recently in the movies. Uh, I want him to try. Uh, I want him to try. That's what I want. <laughs> Speaking of him actually saying more lines in this movie, my favorite line was a Seagal line. He was talking to Byron Mann in like their ult- their ultimate fight scene. They're talking to each other before they actually get into it. And Seagal says, like, you know, back and forth, spits, bat, spits, bat, I'm going to kill you. No, I'm going to kill you. And then Seagal, like, stops, pauses, and says weirdly, eloquently, well, unfortunately, in the fabricating of your plans, you have stepped into my minefield. And it, it's yes. like, <laughs> it, Wait, didn't, it didn't match. Yeah. It wasn't relevant. Nope. It, it, there was no, it wasn't a trap. Seagal followed them there and then started a shootout. There was no trap. Like, it, <laughs> there was no minefield. There were no plans. It, <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But he said it so well. He didn't start the line with, so you know, uh, like he usually does. See? I don't know. It just He's stuck trying. out. So what, wait, 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 which scene was that in again? It was right before he and Byron Man started their final fight. Oh, okay. He's trying. With the uncle in the room. He, uh, trying. He's trying. He hasn't um, totally given up yet. <laughs> on the complete opposite end of that eloquent spectrum, the I'm not even going to say this is my favorite line. This is the only one I can like remember. Um, is at the very beginning when he says, "So let me go, just let me go on by, or I'll f- you up ugly." <laughs> and the the muggers that he's talking to are like, "What What does that mean?" And he goes, "It means your mama won't recognize you in the coffin." because <laughs> yeah. that's his like I'm going to take you to the bank blood bank like every not in every single movie but in a lot of these movies like they're like okay that's the line like yeah. the blood bank the blood bank this is his version of the blood bank and then he like stabs the guy in the face with part of a gun yeah <laughs> it's wild which I have only ever seen in a single movie I, I have never seen that technique. Yeah, no, other people don't do that anywhere. Yeah. The secret there's Aikido probably, technique of stabbing him in the face <laughs> with a gun. There's probably a reason for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as some of the past ones. No, no, it no. wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad. Yeah, it was just kind of. <laughs> That's the highest praise I can give. <laughs> it just it fluctuated in quality so much as it goes that. I'm not really sure what to give it. 
I mean, I said two stars because it's just kind of. Yeah, it seems. Like I don't know what else to give, to it. give it other than two stars. Um, just because like there's a couple scenes that I'm like, oh, this belongs in a much better movie, and there are several scenes where I'm thinking, why are we here? I don't know what why the purpose of this is. <laughs> why are we here? Aaron? I mean, do you want me to answer that or? Oh. <laughs> um. So what other? What what are what projects are the actors and actresses of this film featuring? Uh, so and after? we we've mentioned many times Byron Mann. Yeah. Uh, yes. Byron who, Mann, the man. Byron the man, man. Byron the man, man. He'll uh, be in one more after this too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my, my man was in Belly of the quick. Beast and then Catwoman. Oh, Byron, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's trying. He's been oh, pretty and successful he in, in television. Though. Wait, I forgot he played Ryu in Street Fighter. Oh my god, yeah. Byron, my man. <laughs> and he's been pretty successful in television. Yeah. Uh, he's been in like a lot, lots of TV shows that people probably seen. Like he was in an episode of Hawaii Five O, CSI Cyber. Hell on Wheels, NCIS Los Angeles, Altered Carbon, The Expanse. He was in quite a few episodes of The Expanse, actually. Arrow, people like Arrow. Blood and Water, yeah. He was in 12 episodes of Arrow, nine episodes of Woo Assassins. Like, he's 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 done pretty well in television. He's yes. been in lots of different TV. Like, he was in Smallville. Um, he has, it's probably... not a large role, but he's excellent in the big short. I love his character. is just <laughs> the most hateable, like, person you've ever seen on film. Oh, he plays it perfectly. <laughs> it's It's so good. He's also Raymond and Sleeping through. Dogs. We get to talk about Sleeping Dogs. Oh, Hall. that's true. We yeah, did. We talked about, about that before. Hey. He isn't fantastic in Sleeping Dogs. Extremely underrated video. That's game. kind of the beginning and end of us talking about Sleeping Dogs. But we got to talk about Sleeping Dogs, yeah. which is always nice. Always a good day. We can probably run through the rest of these pretty quick because surprisingly, I actually looked through these for the first time maybe ever because this is usually your guys' segment. But I surprisingly, almost every single person in the main cast list has had and then continued to have after this movie a successful career. So Mike mm-hmm. Depood, the um like cop number two, Jerry Wasserman, the main cop, the sergeant, they both at have had like extremely successful careers. I didn't really recognize a lot of the stuff they were in, but they had a whole bunch of stuff. Well Mike Depood was in his first credited role as Maximum Overdrive that uh Wait, really? <laughs> as uh, well uncredited as Little League Boy apparently. Oh, well, but that's not in bad, the so. uh, written in the film written and directed by Stephen King, <laughs> only film Stephen King ever directed. <laughs> There's a reason for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, might, they there yeah. were a lot of people. Je- Jesse Hutch, who played Sergey, he looks like um, like if Ben Affleck was cloned slightly younger. Oh, he pretty much have, what he looks he does like. Have an Affleck to him, but he has a pretty successful film career. An Affleck effect to him. Nobody got ruined by this movie, I think, is the only thing that I can say. People might recognize Terry Chen from Continuum. He's in lots of episodes of Continuum. He was uh, Price Chang and Jessica Jones. Netflix is Jessica Jones. And he was in an episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Oh. And he was in a bunch of episodes of The Expanse and a TV show called The Lake, which I have never heard of. But he's in 15 episodes of it. Good for you, Terry. Um, Jerry Wasserman... Uh, who played Sergeant Ritchie. Um, he's actually a professor. He's a professor of English and theater. Um, and he's been in a lot of TV shows. Like, a lot of TV shows. Most recently, The Last of Us. HBO's The Last of Us. Oh. Um, the interesting one is that actually uh, Marlena Ma as Tia 
She's primarily a producer. She's produced like a good amount of things, but this is like one of her only acting roles. Well, the writer of this movie, Keone Waxman, uh, he had written a few a few things before A Dangerous Man, but after A Dangerous Man, he will write 13 episodes of the Steven Seagal TV show True Justice, Steven Seagal movie A Good Man, Ugh. Steven Seagal movie Absolution, Ugh. Seagal's Ugh. End of a Gun, Seagal's Cartels, Ugh. and Seagal's Ugh. Contract to Kill. <laughs> so get used to Keone. Oh, Wait. why? Um, thanks, Keone. Wait, Marlena Moss, she's actually... Two of the things she's produced are podcast series. She's a podcast oh. producer. Oh. Yeah, she seems to be mostly a producer now. Let's see if we can get her on. Now. Yeah, this seems to be like the... This seems like our most likely... <laughs> most oh. likely guest spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's make that happen. Do a collaboration <laughs> with a soft voice or a Ronstadt. I don't even know if either of those podcasts are still ongoing, but... Not a clue. They're, they're big enough to be... I don't even know you could have your podcast on IMDb. That opens up a oh whole new... Oh my gosh. Can we get on IMDb? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Wait, Ronstadt features Rhett and Link from like Good Mythical Morning? What? It's a noir comedy? What? Oh, what? I'm going to have to check this out. When did this happen? Uh, two, 2021, <laughs> actually. I can tell you exactly when it happened. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Um, that's, um, I don't know. That's why I got it. was shot in Canada, I guess. Canadian American <laughs> production. <laughs> that it was. <clears throat> <laughs> winding down <laughs> yeah. yeah we're like keeping that energy for this excellent cinema yeah that that's, we just that's the witnessed. most we're gonna get out of this one huh oh the editor for this uh trevor myrosh uh nothing anybody would recognize i don't think uh except he did edit like six or seven seagal movies uh poor guy <laughs> poor poor guy so whenever we talk about, hey, you could cut this scene out, you could cut this scene out, you could have cut this out, he's just sitting, he's listening, I know he's listening, He's he's got his, you know, headphones on, and he's just like, yeah, I know, I know. But, I, know <laughs> I know, but, but we, we had to hit the, the know, 90 minute runtime. it was 92 time. minutes long, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> he's saying, yes, I'm aware, I would have loved to have cut that too. <laughs> uh, what should people watch instead? Last of the Dogmen. Okay. Good movie. That's uh, all. That's all. Recommendation. I actually, while I was watching this, I had a recommendation pop in my head, like for this specifically, but now mm-hmm. I can't remember it. Um, Sarah and I watched Pride and Prejudice earlier this week. That's an amazing <laughs> film. The 2005 <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. Um, that's a 10 out of 10 film. That was amazing. You should watch. Pride is that and the Prejudice. one? It's uh, is that Keira Knightley? <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay. That is 2005's Pride and Prejudice starring Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. <laughs> Um, who you will see on Succession. Uh, that's what he's known mm-hmm. for now. Um, Donald Sutherland, actually. Keeper Sutherland's dad is in it. He's cool. Rosamund Pike. Oh, I love Rosamund Pike. Um, Carrie Mulligan. Uh, Tom Hollander. It's like, a, oh, Judy Dench. The Dame Judy Dench is in oh, there. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Joe Wright. Um, written by written for the screen by Deborah McGock. Um, it is of course based on the 1814, I believe, uh, novel *Pride and Prejudice* by Jane Austen, um, which is excellent. Shot by Roman Osen. It's a uh, that is a good that is a 10 out of 10 film. Uh, all I knew about it going in, other than it's based on the book, is um sorry 1813, not 1814 novel. Um, all I knew was the hand flicks. And I got very excited while watching the movie. I'm like, wait, 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 it's coming. And he did the hand flex. And it was everything that the internet hyped me up to believe it would be. Um, <laughs> so you should watch 2005's Pride and Prejudice. You uh, should also uh, read the instead book. Instead of A Dangerous Man. Uh, I actually am reading the book now. Like after we good. watched the movie, really I started good. reading it. 
Um, I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. No, it's great. They're like at the ball and Mr. Darcy's there and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know about this guy, but hold mm-hmm. on. Hold your horses. You might not like Mr. Darcy now, but just you wait. Just you wait. You change your mind. Just, just you wait. Just you wait. Uh, I'm struggling to think of a movie that has like some of the same either aesthetics or themes as a dangerous man. <sighs> the only thing I can think of right now is the dark Knight because there's that part where Batman <laughs> goes and illegally extradites uh, a Chinese gangster. <laughs> dark Knight is a good movie. You should yeah. Watch dark go Knight. watch the dark Knight, I guess. <laughs> I don't you know. know what, be, you you yeah. know what actually be very funny if uh-huh. on this movie podcast we like tallied it up. I'm gonna say Sleeping Dogs here just because that'd be very funny. If like at the end of this movie podcast they tallied it up and they're like, yeah, actually the movie that was most often recommended you should watch instead was not a movie. It was the video game Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you should dogs. go play Sleeping Dogs. You should play Sleeping Dogs. You should play Sleeping Dogs. You can play Sleeping Dogs or Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition. They're literally like the same exact game. It doesn't matter. I'm sure you've picked it up. It's gone on sale for like two bucks on like You probably Xbox don't even know that everything. you have it and you do. You, you might even already have Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. Go play Sleeping Dogs. It's pretty fun. Aaron, have you played it? I played the first couple hours. Yeah. Aaron, you should play more Sleeping Dogs. Aaron, you should Aaron. play more Sleeping Dogs. Oh, yeah. Dogs. Okay. Yeah. I should play more Sleeping Dogs. I should play more Elden Ring. I should play more Baldur's yeah. Gate 3. I should yes. play. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, gamers. Gamers rise up. This is the Gamer Fan Cast. Oh, my um, God. Metal Gear Solid collection. Yeah, I should play Metal Gear Solid at all. You should. Themes, Aaron. Themes. I know. I would love it. And (laughs) it was made for me, and I haven't Mm -hmm. played it at all. Um. So while I'm recommending a movie from two thousand, a random movie from two thousand five, I just got Ending B, the second main ending of Near Automata, a game from twenty fourteen that has nothing to do with this movie. You can play that too. Oh my God, I'm completely Hans in it. Just <laughs> hey, did you watch like a random movie from like nineteen and seventy three that has nothing to do with this? Rewatch that. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon is out too. Of course, says he marathon. Oh yeah, I don't care. I need to the go rules see are made that. up. Nothing matters. My dad, you could do it yesterday. Why is, okay, why is it when you're recommending nonsense, the rules are made up and nothing matters? But when I recommend nonsense, you both yell at me because it's funny. You know why? Way. Because the rules are made up and nothing matters, Hans. There's no consistent. There's That's a rule mean. Wait, tell me about your dad, Aaron. Uh, my dad yesterday, he's like, "Hey, did you see the trailer for Napoleon?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "You want to see it?" I'm like, "Heck yeah, dad!" Heck yeah! Let's go oh, see Napoleon. Yeah, you watch Napoleon. Ooh, this movie, this podcast episode might come out when Napoleon's close to drop in. Go yeah. watch Napoleon. Dad movie winter. We're Dad movie it. winter. It's approaching. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, Go Mission see Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2, which will maybe be called something different, was delayed a whole entire year to 2025. <laughs> Guess who's upset? Guess who's All like, <laughs> guess who's just the weeping world, into his pillow really. at night every, every day since that announcement? <laughs> Uh, you can go rewatch Barbie. Uh, I'm sure by this point you can probably stream it somewhere by a DVD or something. Uh, um, the ultra uh, the ultra HD Blu-ray is out for Barbie. There you go. Yeah, can rewatch that. I just watched a, uh, a video from Movies with Mikey, who is the protagonist of Barbie. It was great. I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. Oh, that's good too. You got to see that too. Hey, actually, can we? 
do you think we're able to affect any change in the film industry with this podcast? Sure. I know all the big wigs are like <laughs> listening to this. Yeah, we can always we can always yeah. try, and there's so, like a teeny tiny percent chance that it might actually happen, and then we can say that we influence oh, the industry. Okay, okay, yeah, this ooh, is true. Yeah. We should ooh, we should start just like have a, a little segment at the end where know, it's just like, I hey, know, movie like, industry, do this. I know Eisner <laughs> watches this; he has to. Yeah, so we can take credit for it. Um, if you are at working title films, um. Pride and Prejudice from 2005 does not have a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray oh, release. that's what that you were going to ask crime. for? <laughs> that is not what I'm asking for. That is what I'm demanding. Because we watch the streaming, and you get some of those just shots. You get that the, the cinema. You get the, the eye pastries that you just can't help but want to devour. This entire movie is just a, a treat of mm-hmm. the, a visual feast. It is a sumptuous delight, and it is not available on the Ultra HD Blu-ray, and Ooh. I need them to fix that. Do you know how many people would be excited for a Pride and Prejudice 4K Ultra HD oh, release? Do you know how much money you would make? Do you know how much money you would make? Just put the hand flex in the trailer for it, and the ad in the screenshots on the back of the cover, and Best Buy will start selling physical media again because you have done this. <laughs> you, They will say, we'll start doing this again just so we can have an exclusive steelbook, and the steelbook will just be like Mr. Darcy's hand flexing. Um... So whenever they do re-release Pride and Prejudice on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray, I'm going to take credit for making that happen. There you go. You know what I'm going to demand? Yes. I'm going to demand a 4K UHD Blu-ray release of There Will Be Blood. Yeah, it's crazy that that doesn't exist yet. Make what? that happen. We're bringing physical media back. This How is does that not happen? Yeah, this is... Okay, physical, next episode. Back. Uh, yeah. Hey, surprise. This is no longer a Steven Seagal podcast. This is a physical media podcast. And we're just going to talk about physical <laughs> yes. media releases from now on. <laughs> That that was actually a joke because that's happening. We've but changed. I'm gonna claim, I'm gonna but, claim, but it hasn't that. happened yet. So you can still claim like credit <laughs> yeah. for making that happen. Joe Wright, I know you're listening. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, Ultra HD, beautiful film. Make it happen. Those like the the sunset, the rain scene, the her walking across the field. This can't just be stuck to 1080. We need we yeah. need the Ultra HD. Uh, okay, now that we've completely lost the thread, uh, let's close ourselves out here. And you can just edit all of that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this has been episode 32 of Stephen C. at all. What, what do our 32. listeners have to look oh forward to God. in episode 33? Can anybody tell me what's up next? Oh. Um, join us next week for not the physical media podcast for... Oh! Wait. Oh, oh wait. next week's Machete! Oh, Are heck yeah, okay. Wait, wait, actually. next week's Machete. Oh my God, I'm so ready for this. I'm so excited, actually. I'm so excited. Yes, we it actually fell. have a good movie coming up. <laughs> Interesting. I'm, it's been a minute. I'm so excited to watch Machete and be like, oh yeah, Stephen Skull's only in like three minutes of this, please. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Just have this man in like one scene. Do like the reverse. We've done this before yeah. where Danny Trejo shows up and he's like on the front. He's on the cover. He's like one of the three main actors and then he's only in like the one scene that happened yeah. in the Seagal movie. Yeah, 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 please yeah. let this be the opposite. Please let us just talk about Danny <laughs> Trejo for like an hour and Seagal's actually barely in it. I would love that mm. so much. Mm. So is this, are we are we counting it as a Seagal movie or are we watching it? Yeah. For sure. I'm watching Machete. I'm going to watch Machete this week. can pry Machete out of my cold dead hands, you <laughs> bastard. I'm just making sure. Oh my God. Don't take Machete from me. Uh, we're going to cook I'm up some of Trejo's so. tacos and watch Machete. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs>
I've never seen Machete, so I'm excited for it. I will tell you one thing. This is something. You, this is going to make you both like sigh in aggravation. Oh. But it looks like Machete stars Michelle Rodriguez, who played Anna Lucia in Lost, and Jeff. I'm sorry, Jeff, but I'm going to mispronounce your last name. Fai, who played Lapidus in Lost. It also stars Danny Trejo, who has played like 300 <laughs> characters in like 500 movies. Yeah, no, I'm more excited about the the Lost reunion. You need to get okay, your priorities so are, straight. So we already know that at the and end Lindsay of the Bruce, Lohan. What? Yes. So we're yes. What? Okay. Yes. yes. Wow. Oh, we're gonna okay next week. We're gonna talk about like the history and Robert of De Niro. Oh my god. Next week we'll talk about the <laughs> what the exact heck? lightning in a bottle like chain of events that led to this movie being made. It has I, a fun. Like, I know nothing about this movie. Nothing. Yes. Yeah, no, this movie. Is in this okay, movie. this is going to be a fun what recap because this? this just has far more to do. Like, there's far more interesting pre-production on this than we've had okay. recently. We'll save it for like, next. The week. way we'll this movie came week. to be is just yeah. the way movies do not tend to come to be. This is so wow. cool. Okay, that I'm was excited a now. I'm, I'm excited. Good at English. Now. Okay, interesting. Okay, uh, join us next week. We're excited for next week. I hope yeah. you are too. Oh yeah, for yeah. the first time in like yeah. ever, I think <laughs> actually. <laughs> This has this has a seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't okay, think no, we've had anything above like twenty three mm. for the past like and this twenty is weeks. Great. <laughs> this is a fun seventy percent. Trust me. Awesome. Interesting. Uh, Seagal's not even on the poster. Ooh. Tune in next time for all that. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>